Welcome to Brillante, the podcast with a French accent which gives a voice to women who move the lines. My name is Jeanne Dussartel, and between Zurich, where I live, and Paris, where I come from, my goal is to meet the sparkling, powerful, talented and inspiring women with atypical backgrounds and beautiful projects, to understand what drives them and makes them move forward. Discussions that I hope will encourage you to think outside the box, cross your boundaries and develop your own brilliant projects. If I ask her to join Brillante, it's because I had been following a communication and events agency, Escape Co, for some time on social network. And apart from the obvious good taste of each of the posts, the tips that make everyone drool and want to escape, I had been intrigued by the fact that Philippine de Louvrier from Zurich was able to organize alone events all over Europe. And then, pretty soon, we became friends. Because Philippine is that kind of glowing woman, always positive, full of pep, to whom everything seems easy and whom you want to trust immediately. Together, we talked about her Parisian childhood, her passion for her art and culture. We retraced her journey. She explained me how a year of master's studies in Barcelona transformed her vision of the world and pushed her to spend her life far from her home country. That year was like a turning point in my life in general. Being able to be with so many people of so many different nationalities all the time, which is now what I, what we have in our daily lives today and has become super normal. Back then it was not and I found it yeah, so interesting and so inspiring. Philippine also went back to the origins of her company and what had pushed her to set up Escape Co four years ago in London when she had neither real experience in the field nor a client. You will hear Philippine reveal how she managed to build such a network of collaborators all over Europe. The young mother explains the positioning of her agency and gives us a preview of the future projects she's now developing. So my clients are from different industries, but usually they come to me because one thing which is very important and a big focus of Escape & Co is the fact that there's always a link to gastronomy, to art, and to travel. In this episode, Philippine also shares with me her fears and the few obstacles that she has encountered since the launch of her business. We talk about family, about couple, as well as the challenges that we, women, are facing today. So to all of those who want to create their own company and to build a network around the world, understand the underside of events and communication or to fill up with positive energy, I invite you to plug in your headphones and to let yourself be inspired. Dear Philippine, thank you very much for accepting my invitation. Thanks and for having me. I'm super happy that you are now part of the brilliant woman that I am interviewing. I would like to start, as always, by asking you, what did you think when you heard the name of my podcast, Brillante? And do you have an example of a sparkling woman that you have in your surrounding or that you are thinking of when you hear Brilliant? Yes, yeah, so Brillante for me is a super, I really like the title. I think it's super It's super cool and it evokes uh, different uh, things. Uh, so obviously for me, it's not about one woman only. It's about the different women which are um, in my life in general. I feel very lucky to be surrounded with so many brilliant women. 
I think yes, brilliant um, means you can you can shine and you're shining in your environment in the with the uh, people that you have around, maybe in your job as well. And um, I like to think that I'm also part of this uh, this uh, crew of uh, brilliant uh, women. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> so we are going out of. Um, quite a difficult time, the coronavirus crisis. Mm -hmm. It has been and it is still a strange time for everyone. For business reasons, everything has been stopped. But I also know that for you, it must have been even more peculiar because you uh, just gave birth a few months ago. So altogether, I guess this has been quite a lot of change. So first of all, how are you? I'm great. Um, yeah, it was not was not the greatest time ever, but it was also, I was quite lucky to be also in maternity leave during lockdown uh, because it didn't make such a big difference for me. And I was lucky to have also my husband at home then, uh, which wouldn't have been the case otherwise. In terms of the business now, yeah, it's coming, it's coming back. So the, my company Escape and Co is uh, focusing on events and communication. The event side is definitely not happening right now. It's not going or to be very, up. very little. Yeah. It's very hard to know, but I think that uh, clients or companies in general are a bit afraid of being maybe the first ones to reorganize events with their clients and, and employees, etc. They want to keep things small, but also for some companies, it's very important to have some kind of experience sharing uh, with their clients. So yes, it's going to come back. I don't know when and I don't know how how fast, etc. Uh, we'll see how... After the summer, September is going to be. It could be that it's business back uh, to usual, kind of. But it could also be that we have a second phase of um, of uh, corona cases. And in this case, uh, it's not going to pick up soon. But I'm also lucky to be working on communication projects. And this right now is actually super important for uh, clients and companies. So all in all, it's uh, it's a good period for me it's a, it's a good time but yeah we'll see what the future uh, looks like and what do you think you will learn what what will you take out from this time have you been changing the way you work changing the way you communicate with the clients changing your vision of the future of your company do you have something that has been changing evolving so yes i mean in general i, I think as an individual you think a bit differently because you it was kind of a new thing for everyone. So it's how it's going to change maybe the future in general, if we need to get used to having uh, these kinds of, uh, I don't know, lockdowns or crisis in general. It's obviously not the greatest period in terms of the business, whether it's mine or any other company, because everyone has been super affected by it. So I think as a, yeah, as an individual and then as an entrepreneur, the different uh, mindset is about going down to what's what's more the most important making sure that you're there for your clients that you understand them so knowledge uh, sharing and discussing and being able to um, spend some time with your clients is super super important right now because it's something which is new for everyone um, so you need to make sure that you understand their thinking process and that you're there also for them to help them in creating what's right for their clients But yeah, everything is new, so we'll see. It's, it's going to be a new era, kind of. Yeah, a challenging time. So to understand a bit more who you are and where do you come from, I have a question. Where were you born and where did you grow up? 
So I was born in Paris and I grew up in Paris. And how was it to grow up there? I, I loved it. It was it was great. And I actually have been thinking more about this since I had a daughter. Because here we're in a different country. And it's for sure she's not going to have the same childhood as the one I, I had or my husband had. And um, I've been thinking about it quite a lot, actually. And I really loved it. Paris was a super amazing city to, to be yeah, born in and raised um, because I think mostly of its cultural aspect. It's something which I miss a bit here, even though you have many more um, nature. Or... Yeah, exactly. So you have a great uh, aspects to it. But the fact that for me, like I was so fond of arts in general, being able to go to the museum all the time and do so many activities and do so many things um I really, really enjoyed it. And I think also Paris in the 90s was quite different to the Paris of today. And it was maybe a bit less stressful for families and yeah, and for children in general. Uh, so yes, I, I loved it. So you, you would like to, to, to go back there? I don't know. Uh, You're not planning? <laughs> no, maybe I will. And, and why not? I would be super happy also to give to my children what I had when I was young because I, I think it was really amazing but I could also go to so many other places so yes why not but it's not um, it's not the, the key objective what was your dream back then so you talk about art was it was it a plan for you for your future yes I was thinking about yeah I wanted to do something in the arts world I didn't know exactly which job maybe it would have been an interior designer or architect So yes, that was one of the things that I applied. I applied to a, a French school in Paris where I got in. But in the end, I chose to do something completely different. What kind of school was it? What do you mean? It's called uh, Penningen. So it's, um, it's an arts uh, school with a prépa. Mm -hmm. So dear to the French, the prépa. And uh, yeah, but in the end, I went to the university and studied economics and English. So you took the rational choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you were, why did you make this choice? I mean, why did you decide to study economics when you were thinking about art and so fond of so, uh, artistic world and, and architecture? Yeah, no, and... that's true. It may see, seem weird, but I, it's not like it was art or nothing for me. I had like several interests. So art was one of them, but economics and English, I knew that it would bring me the possibility to travel and maybe study abroad. And uh, I enjoyed studying in general. So it was not something per default or it was not um, yeah, the second choice for me. It was uh, either or. And in the end, I chose economics also a bit um, influenced by my parents, maybe who said it was a bit more secure also in terms of the career and Yeah, financial aspects, etc. But um, I'm super happy actually that I, I chose economics in the end. But I always wonder what would my life had uh, been in case I had chosen the art school. And uh, yeah, it would have been very different for sure. That's for sure. And but this uh, maybe the good thing about these studies, economics and English, is that it led you to go abroad. Yeah, you've been abroad a lot in your yeah. life and during your studies. Can you explain me a bit? What was the plan? Was it really something that you wanted to go abroad? Actually, yeah. So in the school that I was, it was a University of Nanterre, which was um, close to Paris. Not so many people were actually going abroad for Erasmus or similar programs. 
I really, I thought it was a very great, uh, yeah, a great opportunity to go abroad. So I took the chance and I actually went to Argentina. I wanted maybe to, yeah, use my Spanish, go quite far. Enjoy Argentina, yeah, exactly. Argentina, I heard was an amazing country. So yeah, so that's where I went. And it was, that was my first time abroad, actually, when I was uh, 19. And how, how were you feeling back then? I had actually other friends going to Bar uh, to Buenos Aires at the um, at the same time, so, that's so we thing. yeah we moved in together with some other people from different countries. It was a bit like l'auberge espagnole, but um, in Buenos Aires it was really nice. The Erasmus time is always like good memories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, so I guess this has been changing you quite a lot because when you came back. Actually, you decided to continue your studies abroad for real? So, no. So when I came back, I finished my studies at uh, Nanterre. So my, this uh, double license. And then I did um, a first master at La Sorbonne. Oh. That was when I was applying for Les Grandes Écoles uh, in Paris. The, the best business schools from, from France. Yeah, which I did not get. I tried uh, twice. and um, Which are really, I mean, it's like really hard to get in. Yeah, it's hard to get in. High and selection, yeah. It was, yeah, it was very tough. I worked uh, really, really a lot for that. And the second time I tried, Ashley was taking five people and I arrived uh, six at the, um, at the concours. So I, I said, okay, that's a sign. Uh, it was not meant to be. And then I... But it's, it's, I mean, this is something really French yeah. to, to try to enter these schools. It's something really hard because there is a high selection, as we said, and a lot of people are actually not accepted. But mm -hmm. I think it really influences the, the way we think. Yeah. I also went through similar uh, situations. Uh, do you think that this time has been changing you in your self-esteem, for instance? Were you still as confident as before? Okay, it's not, it's right. They don't want me. That's fine. Or were you more like, okay, I'm really down. I have to find a second solution, but that's really not easy. So I was really down the first time I tried and I get, didn't get in. That was very tough. And then I decided to try again during the year. So on top of my studies at La Sorbonne. So I was working really, really a lot. So the first time was not good also for, for me on a personal aspect. The second time I was like, okay, this is a joke. Why am I focusing on this so much? And not enjoying life for for like a year a year and a half it uh, shouldn't be like this and it shouldn't be like like if you don't get into HEC or ESEC or whatever then your life is sucks and is and it's ruined there are so many other things you can do and I actually I was a bit disgusted by the whole idea of French uh, grandes écoles I was really happy not to go and, yeah. yeah it was the f the best uh, thing that could happen to me in the end because What what happened? Because and what then was I your went choice? to to uh, Indiana. I applied for some uh, masters in uh, schools abroad, and I was accepted in um, a school called Sade in Barcelona, and uh, and it was the best year of my life to study uh, again business and marketing. Yeah, right. exactly. Marketing. And to what extent this has been changing you to study abroad? What have you been learning there that you were you didn't know? So in general, I think that. The, that year in Barcelona, I decided it was like a, a turning point in my life in general. Because before, I, I, I think I was quite maybe, uh, I mean, a French person who was um, raised in France and did her studies in France. And after that, I also realized that I was so attracted to other people coming from some so many different backgrounds and uh, nationalities. And I actually, f 
yeah, felt that it was so inspiring and so important to me. Like opening I, your mind. Yeah, exactly. And discovering the world through people also. Being able to be with so many people of so many different nationalities all the time, which is now what I what we have in our daily lives today and has become super normal. Back then it was not and I found it yeah so interesting and so inspiring. I was wondering because so SAD is a really good school in, in Spain. You were also part of the SEMS association, yeah. Yeah. which is like kind of an association of students from all over the world, I think from the best uh, business schools in the world. Yeah. And I was wondering, you just had been like pushed down in France and then you arrive in Barcelona and you are... What is this feeling that you must have had? Have you been considered suddenly as like the top uh, no. students? No, never. But it w it's true that, yeah, kind of my... The way the way t the teachers, for instance, are, are talking to you and in this kind of school or in this kind of association, the way people are considering themselves... Isn't it something like already another mindset? No, what I would say, was, what was super special about Esade in general is the quality of the people of the other students which were in my class was really amazing because obviously they were smart people, but they wouldn't brag about it or they wouldn't, um, they were super easygoing, super open-minded. And so it was ama an amazing mix of qualities Yeah, that people are not showing off at all. Maybe it's not the case in other schools also. So I was super, yeah, super excited to be there. And every day, even though, I mean, so it was uh, kind of hard work, but a hard uh, partying as well. But every, it was like you were never tired. You could work a lot, then spend so much time with other people, but also go out and, and do stuff on the weekend. But it was like, a, yeah, you were not sleeping, but it was okay. So, and it was actually super, super cool. I, I was just asking this because I did a bit like you, like starting in a university and then going to a business school, mm -hmm. but in France. And I was really impressed by the fact that when I arrived in this business school, so one of these business school we've been talking about, suddenly the, the, the president of the business school was just telling us how incredible we were and how good we were and how much we were part of the elite of the nation and uh, something that I had never been hearing before. Uh, so that's why I wanted to know your experience No, no, I didn't this. have this. But I think also this is quite French. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have it. I think what you understand is you're, you're part of a community of people. And you, what I really liked is that you have access to great people in general. So whether there are students in your class, teachers, but also people from companies, etc., Um, so you feel part of a, of a group, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say that at any point I considered myself part of a, an elite or something. It's, it's something anyways that these schools are super good for. It's great a net network. Mm -hmm. And for you, it was also the start of, as you said, like you were surrounded by really interesting people coming from different countries. Mm -hmm. It was for you the start also of living abroad for real, like settling somewhere else. And when I look at... UCV, you've been living in France, Argentina, Barcelona, Zurich, London, Milano, many places. And I was wondering, where do you feel home? I mean, it looks like you are the perfect European, for instance. Mm. No, a perfect European? No, I wouldn't say that. But yes, I feel at home in many different places. And now, so my husband, whom I met at Esade, he's Italian. Um, 
So his home is Milan and my home is Paris, but we also live together in in London and Zurich, and we yeah we consider all those cities our homes. And I would actually feel really well and at home in so many different places. But that's also the beauty of it is that you can be happy anywhere, and I think that's um, that's really nice. Is it something that you choose as a couple, like to go in a like neutral place? For, until now, it happened like this, uh, but it could be that we decide to go to Milan one day or to Paris, and I think we both would be super happy. What would be super important, though, would be to find again the same kind of international community. I would even in your home places. Yes, I think so. Okay, because it's something I would miss a lot. I think. Even what do you, what do you like in these communities be... that you like in this expat world in the end? What do you like about this? I like the fact that you don't have to take things for granted, meaning that you need to be obviously open-minded because everyone has a different culture, different background, and you need to maybe sometimes explain a bit more because some things are not uh, obvious. Obvious, exactly as the as you might feel with um, friends that you grew up with, etc., where you're part of the same culture, background, uh, you were raised the same kind of same education, etc. With foreigners, it's not the case. And I feel also that it's so interesting. And I'm super, super happy to be able to raise my daughter also in a, in a group of people. I mean, her friends will be from everywhere. And I think this is so enriching. And I'm I'm super happy for her that she gets to, to have that. And to speak so many languages also. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so then, just after your studies, you, as you said, you met your husband, boyfriend back then, uh, during your studies, and then you moved to Zurich. Yeah. Can you explain me a bit the process? So it was not really a, a decision from my part. So my, my boyfriend, he got a job in Zurich, and I, I thought, okay, why not? I'm going to come as well. It was after our studies, and I was anyways looking for a job. So I, I, I came to Zurich, and it was probably the last place I thought I would end up in. Um, <laughs> Which state of mind were you then? At the beginning, it was quite tough, actually, because the, the city is maybe not an easy city to, to get in the first time, but probably as any big city in the world. I mean, if you arrive to Paris, it's Without not easy anyone, either. It's yeah, not easy. It's not yeah. easy for sure. So here it was like uh, January, it was minus 15, there was ice on the on the streets. I mean, there was no one in the streets as well. And I was like, oh my God, what, uh, what am I doing here? And then I started applying for jobs and then I, I got one um, quite fast after like uh, two, three weeks. To understand your, your mindset at this time, uh, continue your career. Were you really ambitious? Did you really wanted something that were going to push you, or? Yeah, so I wanted a good job for sure, but also the fact that I didn't speak German or Swiss German, the languages of, was of reducing Zurich, your, was your... reducing my possibilities. And also at the time, ten years ago, Zurich was a different city, not as open as it is today. So I thought, okay, if I got a job, kind of easily without the languages, that's great. I shouldn't be. I'm yeah. asking you this because even though it must not have been easy and it was not easy and you're in a country where you don't speak the language, you kind of started with what so many people say when you go, come out of a business school as the, the best way to start your career because you started as a consultant that's known to, to be great, to learn so many things. Looks like it was in the end perfect choice. Yeah, no, in the end it was a good choice. 
starting in consulting, I think it's a good school for the rest of your life anyways. So, and it was an international company. So yeah, it was a great choice. And I was with a super nice uh, colleagues and a nice uh, team. And at Ernst Young, then you were working for pharma, mostly. Pharma. It doesn't seem, if I may, uh, as uh, maybe sexy as the culture industry that you were interested in or the art no. industry. So how was it for you? Was it something that you were taking like, okay, it's fine. I need a job and I'm happy with my team. Or were you thinking about something else, like missing something? So, so in general, I think there's one thing which is important for me is that anywhere you go, whatever your job, there's always something interesting. There's not one job that I would hate. That wouldn't be the right choice for me because um, I think there's something great in any job. So that's why I was always happy in the different jobs that I did, even though they were quite different. The, the idea of um, being a consultant at EY at the beginning was to um, get some great skills like project management skills, be with uh, cool people, um, some foreigners as well, learn a lot on the job. And I was super happy about it. The only thing that I was missing was a bit of a more uh, creative environment. And this is why I decided at some point to change uh, industry. So you changed and you went to Zarovsky? Yes. After three years? Yeah. And I was wondering, through this process, did you have someone that was helping you? Do you have a, like a mentor, someone that has been helping you find your way? Or, or was it something that you just did by yourself? No, I did it by myself. I don't have a mentor per se in my life, but obviously I'm surrounded with people who are um, great people to, to help me and give advice, etc. Even more so in my family, for example. But... Anyways, I didn't feel lost or I didn't feel like I needed so much help from outside. Mm -hmm. It was clear in my head that this was a nice job and I needed to change to get something a bit more creative and also, yeah, which was a bit more in line with my interest, like, yeah, interest and personality in general. But I really loved AY. It was, yeah. So you had everything that you were looking for there mm -hmm. at uh, Zarovsky? Yes, Zawaski was super, super nice. I really liked it. I had a really nice team, a great boss. I made a lot of friends. They were some really, really cool people. It was super international. And that I really, really enjoyed. There was not one day where I didn't speak uh, three or four languages in the same day with different people. So that was really, really nice. I and really then liked you, it. you were working, what was your position exactly? So I was working in the mar marketing operations uh, team. Um, so working in the marketing operations department, I was going more towards something which I enjoyed, which was marketing, which uh, I studied during my master. I was also in a team which was working with so many different stakeholders within the company. So I had access and exposure to the designer, the marketing teams, the technical department, and so many people also in different locations worldwide. And that I really liked. So I was kind of... Um, We were kind of a team which was in the center of all the others, um, making sure to optimize all the processes within the marketing department uh, to get the products as efficiently and as quickly as possible on the market. And um, it was a super interesting job. I really, really liked it. So why did you... Because after three years, then you, you changed. So why did you change? Yeah, so, I, so my husband, he decided to go to London at the time, boyfriend. So I decided at some point to, to go with him as well. I waited for a year in Zurich. So I was um, 
because I just had um, moved to this new position, which I really, really liked. So again, you were following your husband, I yeah. mean, your boyfriend. Was it something like you had been deciding together, you had been discussing about, was it, was it a rational choice? Because when you are a binational couple or when you have someone in the couple that has to leave, how do you do for the other one? Yes, so yeah, so he had to leave because he got a, an offer at, in the same company, but in London. And at the time, I was not really ready to go to London. So I stayed one more year. And I obviously told my boss that my boyfriend was in, in London, that I, sooner or later, I, will, I would have to go there as well. So a year after, I was in London and I was very lucky that my boss asked me to keep my job actually and do it from London. So I was traveling every month to Zurich for like a week. This you've been lucky. I mean, it's not so often that you get a manager that really understands you like this. Super lucky. And then at some point, which I think was like eight to nine months, for legal reasons, I was not able to do that anymore. So I decided then to quit my job. So now we are going to move to your entrepreneurial uh, story. Uh, just before uh, speaking about the manager that you had, that was able to understand your situation, your position, your couple, what did you learn from this kind of person? What is a good manager for you? A manager is, of course, someone who pushes you to get the best out of yourself uh, in terms of how you work and your capacities uh, in during the job, but also as a person who teaches you to be a good um, leader also with the teams that you're working with and um, who is also quite personal, tries to understand the personalities of the people around them and works also according to those personalities because not everyone reacts the same way to the same thing or proposal or new idea, etc. So you are in London, you need to quit your job at Zarsky. This is going to be the start of your uh, new company, Escape Co. This is a big thing to create your own company. Especially, I have the feeling when you are alone in a city that, okay, you might know, but not so well. It's not your city. You don't, I guess you don't have a knowledge of everything that's happening, like in terms of law and, uh, and stuff. So where did you find the power to do this? So I had the, the idea in mind for... A very long time and then I thought not having a job anymore and being in London uh, I thought it was the right timing to start um, this new adventure. What was your idea exactly at this time? What was the concept that you wanted to create? So the idea was to create an agency which would provide experiences in general whether they are weekends, off-sites, travel experiences but also events for companies. I had been organizing different kinds of um, what I call experiences still with friends, friends of friends and small companies, etc. in Europe. And I wanted to get to the next level and do it so more. So while you were working for Zalski? Yes. Why? You were Even already why, like in, yes. this, in this kind of setup where you... Organized, uh, yeah, experiences, weekends and holidays you're, you're and like a parties. In, like a guide. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a blog then, actually, which I created, I think was in 2012 or 13, uh-huh. a food and travel blog, which is now also included in Escape Co. because it's very much related um, to what you're doing now, to what I'm doing now. Also, 
working on events with companies. It's also always related to food and travel and communication projects as well. So when you started this blog, were you already thinking of what it could bring you be, uh, after? No. Was it something rational? No, because it was the beginning of um, blogs and blogging in general. I uh -huh. didn't really know. I times. did it because I thought, okay, I want to share my good tips with my friends and this is the best way to do it because it's quicker for everyone to go, etc. Then I'm still working with, with this kind of blogging. I don't call it blogging anymore. It's more content within the website, but... Um, It's, yeah, it's very much um, on, on trend and, and active. So you are in London, you have this idea, you have this project in mind for a long time. Weren't you scared? Like, I mean, financially. How did Not you, like, did weirdly. you have, had you been saving something or? So I had it? a bit of savings, yes, yeah. from my years and in, in my previous years uh, working. And actually I used quite a lot of those savings in the first two years, maybe a year and a half of Escape Co., I don't know why I was not scared. It's, <laughs> That's I don't amazing. know why. Um, maybe it's a bit like going a bit like all in for something that you have in mind and not really thinking of what could happen. What could happen. I thought in the end... When you take decisions, and that's something I really use a lot in my personal life, but also in my, in my work, and which has worked so well forever, is that I always tell myself, it's first, it's better. I would rather try and fail than not try at all. And also, what, what horrible thing can happen? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to die. I'm not, you know, nothing super serious is going to happen. Worst case, you need to find another job. How do you do to, to entertain this optimistic uh, <laughs> personality? I, I don't know. I was born like a positive in, in general. But I, yeah, it must be very tough to have fear which prevents you from doing something. Obviously, I'm also scared sometimes. Like financially, it's not, you, there's always a risk. You, you never know how it's going to go in six months, a year, two years, etc., So you need to live with it. If you can live with that uncertainty, then it's great because I do what I love and I, I enjoy it a lot and it's going well and it's I have uh, really cool clients and I love the projects that I'm doing. But obviously, yes, it's not easy every day. Yeah. But you are maybe an entrepreneur in the like deep inside of you. I don't know. You don't know? No, I don't. I, uh, I don't really know because also I think having an agency which is doing more consulting like the one I have now is quite different um, to selling products or mm -hmm. I feel like it there's doesn't quite have the a same impact yes. financially and uh, you don't need to invest so much money exactly. like when you don't have a exactly. client and from one day to the other um, if there's if there's a problem if there's an issue that I can always do something else I don't have stock it's kind of easy and so how do you start how do you do to find your first client Can you take us through the story? So when uh, Escape Co was launched, it was four years ago now. In London, I obviously uh, wrote a newsletter to all the people that I knew and to explain the creation of Escape Co and what it was doing, what was purpose, etc. So without any client at the moment? Without any clients. Uh -huh. Yeah, I started, yeah. When I think about it, I'm like, I'm nuts. But no, it was like that. Yeah, it's, you need, hey, you need that's me. <laughs> no, it's incredibly powerful, but I admire Yeah, it. maybe I was completely crazy. But anyways, so then I sent that new newsletter uh, to all the people that I knew. 
And a friend of mine who uh, works for her family business in Spain was looking for someone who could help on organizing events internationally for the company and also creating partnerships with uh, with chefs. And now, now it has evolved to other people like influencers, architects, etc. But at the time I started from scratch working for her company doing many different projects so this already from the the start it was the a great impulse for for escape and co then But i had how do you sell yourself then like you are a young professional working from a city that you don't really know and you are completely alone you don't have any experience in events industry <laughs> and you are like Okay. When you put are it you, this way, this are way? You telling, <laughs> are you want to organize events all over the world? I mean, <laughs> I'm going to do it for you. I mean, it's, again, it's so much power that you need to have. That's, no, yeah. That's, Now, when you put it like this, it seems like it, I was completely on drugs or something. No, 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 no. It seems like you are super confident. And I would like to understand how did you do to kind of find this confidence inside of you, maybe? Or how did you do to, to also believe in yourself? That's something that's really important especially when you are an entrepreneur. So I would like to know, yeah. yeah. So I don't have the impression of being the most confident person. Mm -hmm. um, but what I, what I knew at the time is even though I didn't have like a professional background in the event business, I knew I could do it. I knew I knew how to do it and I could do it well because in the end, organizing an event is a lot about project management being good at managing a project making sure you meet the de deadlines etc and this is something you had been learning before exactly in your previous experiences. with your touch which is something that you have or you don't but it's something you have within yourself with a touch of creativity good taste good taste ideas etc and which is i think some, something that i had forever i can't feel um So yes, I just started like like this and I was really lucky that actually this company was the company of a friend and she knew how it was how I was on a personal basis and she trusted me from the beginning and it's still one of my big uh, clients today. And then it, it grew up like uh, naturally your clients. Exactly. Base. And then I actually started uh, this was a bit getting out of my comfort zone for me, but you also need to get to people and talk about and kind of pitch your agency and your ideas etc so that's something which i do a lot still today and also now i'm lucky that actually some companies come to me but I, at the beginning obviously i had to go to them they didn't know me and in london there are thousands of event agencies so i needed to get, get out there and i think this was a great exercise as well This is something that's really impressive about your agency is that you are organizing events all over Europe. At this time, was it already your plan? Was it something that you wanted to do? Yes. Yeah. So how have you been doing? Like when you say you've been pitching events, were you going like when you are in Milan, you go and pitch for companies? Or? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes. So most of these clients, I contacted them a bit out of the blue or maybe through a connection, etc. And then... I really wanted to do events in Europe in general when I launched uh, Escape and Co because I felt that my network was not only French or from London, but where f was from different places where you've been, where you had been living. Exactly, and also the fact that um, since Sade, I had been building a network of international people. Of international people, I was very lucky also 
with the languages that I speak, I can also, and that's something which I know my clients really enjoy, is that for one client, I can organize an event in Paris, in London, in Milan, in Madrid, in Amsterdam, or etc. They really like that because for them, it's a, they save money and time. Yeah, they're happy. It's something quite precious for them. So now you have a, quite a wide diversity of projects. You are working for clients like you were explaining, working for Gastronomy World, working for banks. You are also blogging, as you say. You are creating partnerships with hotels, with charming places all over Europe. What do you enjoy the most? It's hard to say. There are so many things that I enjoy a lot. I enjoy when a client uh, asks you to organize uh, something which is very, very creative where you put your mind and heart in. Um, Do you have an example? One of the biggest events that I did was a dinner I did last year for a Swiss uh, bank. And it was a dinner in Geneva where we had to create the entire content, audio, video, etc. And that was super, super interesting. It was like a 360 experience where... The guests were completely put in a different environment and there were projections on the tables, on the walls and everything. So it was a fully immersive experience. And that was uh, super, super interesting also for me to create and to be in the background of, uh, of this. It's nice because you, you work with so different clients and then you also decide on like, uh, if you want a chef for this kind of event, yeah. if you want a... So one thing, uh, uh, coming back to what you were saying, Um, before so my clients are from different industries but usually they come to me because one thing which is very important and a big focus of escape and co is the fact that there's always a link to gastronomy to art and to travel in some way so whether it's a client from the consulting world banking luxury goods etc actually there's always a very big dimension of yeah gastronomy And I know now quite a few chefs in Europe and it's really amazing to be able to work with them. I find it uh, very inspiring. So you bring the fun in the business world, corporate yeah, world. I try. <laughs> Do you have a future project with uh, Escape Co? Something that's coming that you would like to talk about? So I have a few projects still, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the event business is a bit down at the moment because of the COVID crisis, even though I still have quite a few which are interesting. I also work on communication projects and more like influencer marketing and creating partnerships with um, different uh, people and brands for, for clients. And I'm launching something completely new, a t-shirt collection, which is going to be very much based on the essence of Escape Co., which is food and travel. I won't say too much uh, right now. And, and this here is in Zurich or European? Or... European, okay. yeah. It's going to be many different um, cities and countries are going to be involved. And I'm going to have ambassadors also, mostly women, Uh, this is something that um, re should relate uh, to Brillant as well. Of course. Uh, many women working in different fields who are going to be ambassadors of this new project. I feel very lucky to be to be part of this small group of um, of uh, women. I think it's interesting because I've heard many times that uh, one of the best tests to know if your company is a good brand mm -hmm. and if you can sell it right is. Would someone that's not from your company be able to wear your brand? Your brand, yeah. So that's a good so test. So we'll see. 
Yeah, that's really good <laughs> test. <laughs> I would like to just to know. So um, again, I'm sorry to insist on this, but you are alone doing all this, mm. so many projects. Um, do you have something, a tip, or something that you that keeps you motivated, keeps your creativity on? So I'm always motivated. I'm always eager to go in the concept of the event or in the organization, etc. Obviously, you need to stay super up to date on what's happening on the market, whether it's gastronomy, uh, travel, new trends in general. That's that's a key point. So you need to spend a bit of time on social networks, on uh, the internet, magazines, etc. So that's that's super important. In terms of the event, one thing which is super key for me and also key in this industry in general is that you need to be super, super prepared before. You need maybe to think about what happens if something extraordinary happens, etc. You need to be super, super prepared and you need to trust the people that you're doing the event with. All the service providers are for me a big key to the success of events. These are people that I've been working with for years that I know I can trust 100%. And also they are completely part of the success of an event. And that's super, super important. You are now talking about your, your network in the end. And we were just talking yep. about women just before, about this group of women, as, as you say. And there is always a question that I like. I like to speak about sorority, like uh, mm -hmm. sisterhood, this kind of solidarity that exists between women. And I wanted to know if you've been experiencing this. Yes, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. So I have quite a, a lot of friends who actually have been developing then their own company in different sectors and industries. And um, I feel very much that it's super important to to express this solidarity b with one another um, to make sure that you're there for them. Maybe, I don't know, if they need uh, help testing some products or they need you to answer some questions that they have about the market in, in, in general. It's super, super important. And I'm surrounded by uh, a lot of women who have created their their business, whether it's an agency, so it's more consulting, or if it's selling uh, physical products. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's very, very important to be to be there for one another. And actually, I... I would say that I'm lucky to have also people who are here for me when uh, when I need some some help. And I'm wondering if you are defining yourself as a feminist first, and also what is it for you to be a woman today? So feminist, I wouldn't say that I'm feminist feminist in a hard uh, hard way, but obviously it's very important for me to raise my daughter in some some idea of feminism. Yeah. Take decisions for yourself and being uh, in. Make sure you're well paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe this one as well. If even though this one is not easy even for me, but yes, I think it's super important. And actually, the role of women today is not easy because you need to do everything and you need to be on top of everything. And there are so many, so many things. So there's obviously your kids, your home, your husband your job which takes a very big part of uh, your your life in general there's being there for your friends uh, for your family and there is so many aspects to a life of a woman and i think even though and thank god men are getting more and more into the lives which only women used to have before and share all the um, tasks at home tasks that you have at home etc 
I feel like we're not made the same. Maybe I'm talking only for me, but women and men are quite different. Maybe you think about stuff that your husband wouldn't think about because he has a different mindset and he was maybe also raised in a different way. Yeah, women are superheroes. Most of women today or couples today don't have money to have people uh, take care of the house or children, etc. Like many generations ago, it used to be something quite normal. Today, it's not the case at all. So you need to take care of the kids and make sure that your house looks tidy. And then obviously you have your work, which is super, super important. Yeah, so you need to juggle with so many different things. Yeah, that's a not, not an easy one. As we were just quickly talking about money, this is also something I'm just coming back backwards a bit, but I'm, I was wondering, was it for you a challenge to set up your prices for the first time as a consultant and as an event manager? It was very difficult, yes, because as you said, I didn't have any experience in the business, also in the event business at all. I arrived a bit... Um, from yeah it was like I did everything from scratch so I set up the, the prices also you you take for sure advice from other people who work in that industry also sometimes you get some information from the clients themselves because they are used to certain prices exactly has it been changing have you been increasing your prices a bit yes yes also because you get more professional in the way you work and also the fact that you have more experience so yes you increase a bit the prices but i'm still i still want to make sure that i'm affordable for clients yeah of course this is decision depending on your business why do you want to to, to, to position yourself, position yourself yeah. exactly yeah have you been through a difficult period a moment an experience that was not so easy and did you, what did you learn from this so in general i wouldn't say that i had very very bad bad periods there are Obviously, you have ups and downs like uh, like like anyone. So there are days where you say, oh, if I had a nice job in a company, it would be so much easier. I wouldn't have the financial uncertainty. It would be just easy and a bit smoother. But also... You won't have this freedom then. Free, yeah, then you lose the freedom. You lose, you lose also being, I guess, also proud of yourself that you have uh, come up to where you are today, uh, that you've been working really a lot to build all of this because um, you can only build something successful is maybe not the right word, but you can only build something which works if you're working a lot. It doesn't happen by itself. Uh, so yes and it's also maybe it's kind of your own baby as well and you don't want to let it go even though sometimes there are times in life where you you want something and then you change your mind and it's more a time where you need um, certainty or you need to be able to foresee the future better if you have children for example so I totally understand and respect people who want to change from being an entrepreneur to working in a company and there's not something which is better everything is great and um but yes last year was not easy because i had a very big car accident so that prevented me from working from working for like four or five months which was difficult and i was pregnant with my daughter also so i was very lucky that um uh, we all survived uh, this accident which was not easy yes i would say that was the toughest part but also not from my professional life, but also from my personal life. And also when you have a company, the job aspect of your life and your personal aspect of it are very much linked to one another. So you don't have such a, a separation between work and your 
normal life. Everything makes kind of one. And um, this is not necessarily easy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not always. So when I ask you, what are you proud of? I think I understood of your company. Uh, so I'm, yes, I'm very proud of my of my company. I, I built it four years ago now, and it's been uh, working working well. And I really hope for an even better future. If if that can happen, that would be that would be amazing. But I'm also super proud of my family and my daughter, who's five months old today. And um, oh, happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you were a man for 24 hours, what would you do? So that's a very difficult question for me because I have to say I'm super happy to be a woman and I would uh, not exchange that for, for nothing. So, But you don't have to exchange. No, that's fine. Then I, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to stay <laughs> as I am. <laughs> and what inspires you? Oh, there are so many things that inspire me. Um, what keeps your creativity awake? Just looking at oh, so many things, like going to a museum, looking at magazines, a movie, looking at different kinds of pictures, colors as well, inspire me a lot. Other entrepreneurs, uh, people who are um, super successful and explain, yeah, how they got to where they are today. People who um, do so many things and have so many ideas and do new projects all the time. Yes, I mean, every day I find something inspiring. To finish with, do you have uh, someone that you're thinking of, this kind of uh, amazing people you're describing, that you would like to hear on this podcast? Yes, so I have someone for sure. I have Actually, I have two. There are two uh, friends who live here uh, in Zurich. Uh, one is Diana Poole. She's uh, British and she's an art consultant and she's very successful and um, very smart and knows really uh, everything about the art world and most of all photography because she's specialized in that. And the second one would be Priyanka Sharma. She's also a very good friend of mine and she's she's Indian. She is um, super smart, uh, super inspiring, very interesting, uh, works in the tech uh, world and has uh, so many things to, to share, so many things to inspire other people in general. Okay, so super nice. These are great ideas for the future of Brilliant. Yes. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you very much for um, answering all my questions. And no problem. I wish you a good day. You too. That's it. Our discussion is over. I hope you've enjoyed it. To help me grow brilliant, feel free to rate this podcast with five stars and share it around you with your friends, family or colleagues. It's precious. And don't forget, as Philippine says, women are superheroes. À bientôt sur Brillante. <laughs>